to the Sheffield's Hidden Gems podcast. Sheffield is a city in South Yorkshire, United Kingdom. This podcast features conversational interviews with owners or managers of a unique selection of businesses, charities, and other enterprises in Sheffield. This podcast is brought to you by Excel City Apartments, a brand founded in Sheffield that provides business travelers and leisure visitors with fully furnished, safe, and comfortable self-catering accommodation when they're in Sheffield or visiting the nearby Peak District National Park. And now, let's meet today's guest. Hello, and welcome to the Sheffield's Hidden Gems podcast. I'm Veronica Brooms, and today I have the pleasure of welcoming Ella Freeman of Luna Living to the podcast. Ella is the founder of Luna Living, which is a homeware design and production business. Welcome to the podcast, Ella. Hi, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So, as I usually ask guests, Ella, I'd love to know a little more about you and your business. So please do introduce yourself and tell us about Luna Business, the business with an intriguing name. Um, my name is Ella, I'm 24, um, and I produce handmade resin and jasmine at home my products and jewellery. Um, I study product design at university uh, and I graduated in 2021. Um, and since then, I started making the homeware products during lockdown as a hobby before I graduated. Um, after I left, I realised there was a market for colourful and affordable home decor. And yeah, I just went from there. The rest is history. Colourful and handmade home decor, you've said. But tell us a little bit about the thinking that went into this name, Lunar Living. Because when I think of Luna, I think of the moon and space. So why did you choose that name? A lot of the colour schemes I started with like, revolved around that. So I have one collection that's a galaxy, galaxy-themed colour collection. And then the living was to reflect the brand as a lifestyle homeware brand. Okay, so you've put together that intriguing name, but there's a story behind it. And so thank us, thank you for sharing that insight with us. So you started, as you said, during lockdown, and that was late 2021. Is that correct? I started during the first lockdown, so that was in 2020. Ah, so that was earlier in 2020. That was between the gap between like just before my final year so i started making things just for myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so as a hobby that started in 2020 okay so what made you decide then to move from a hobby to a business what made you decide to start the business and how have you gone about finding customers for your homeware items um well i always enjoyed making the things I made for myself, I really enjoyed doing it. Um, So I wanted to try and see if that could become my own business. Um, And I preferred that to joining a bigger company. Um, Fair enough. I enjoyed casting the resin. And when I previously experimented, um, I also had experience using Jasmineite uh, as part of one of my projects at university. 
so I knew what I was working with. Um, I found my customers first through setting up my Etsy shop. So that was how I made all of my online sales uh, until I started my own website this year. Um, and then I also found a few customers from doing markets, which I first started those at the end of 2021. So in the run up to Christmas. Oh, that seems like a perfect time to run up to Christmas and markets and you already have your online shop. So Ella, thank you very much for telling us about the early days and what led you to start the business. So my next question is, what type of products do you made, these homeware items, and what type of materials are you using to make them the handmade items? And I know this is a bit cheeky, but I'll also ask, are those materials widely available or do you need to source them from specialist suppliers? Please, tell us some more. Um, so the home decor items, I make up small products. So I do like tea light holders, coasters, um, test tube vases, and the biggest items I do at the moment are plant pots. Um, all items are made with zero waste in mind. Um, so all excess materials goes into producing small pieces of jewellery. So I'm not wasting anything. Excellent. So all the jewellery items are just one-off individual pieces, um, which don't have a set colour range um, like all my other products do. Um, I use two different materials for my products. So epoxy resin and jesmonite. Um, they're both sourced from specialist suppliers. Um, they're not easy to get a hold of in just ordinary shops. Jesmonite's um, an eco-friendly composite material. So it's made from gypsum and a water-based acrylic resin. And then they're all hand cast. Okay. And the acrylite, where do you, or what's special about acrylite and why have you chosen that? to use it along with the gypsum? Um, so the jesmonite is, yeah, it's made of gypsum and then a water-based resin. Um, whilst epoxy okay. resin is, it's not very eco-friendly, but it's very, it lasts a lot longer, like it's very durable. Jesmonite's quite a porous material. Okay, so are the two used together or you make items separately of each? I make separately, so I have two different kind of product lines. Ah, okay. So two product lines, two raw materials that are used, one that is porous, one that is less so, one that is water-soluble um, or not? No, not water-soluble. Not water-soluble, but will biodegrade? The jesmonite, it's more porous, so it's, I coat it all in a sealer. So it's, it's, it's durable and lasts a long time. Okay. And, and so you said there are specialist supplies that you need to get your materials from. So from your studies in product design at university, what made you select these two types of raw materials rather than anything else to make your handmade houseware items as well as jewellery? Um, mostly I've just always been interested in the casting process. So this concrete would be the main one that people think of. Um, 
but I just I found a lot of videos and saw a lot of things happening online with these two materials. So I tried those and really liked it. Brilliant. So there's also thought given into choice of raw materials and about the design of the various products that you have. I know you've mentioned jewellery being one-off, so that's a special design, and the others you have ranges. So help us to understand how do you arrive at the particular design for any of the items that you sell? And help us to understand also that as a creative person, how do you move from a design idea to a finished product? Um, so the two materials have very different uh, finishes and specific characteristics. Um, so the products I make using jesmonite, I do those in two different designs. So it's marbled pastel colours and I also do terrazzo which is where you make the product into chips and then mix it into a larger mix and pour it so you get like a chipped effect. Um, and then the resin I've used in a lot. There's a wide variety of ways I use that. Um, so I make quite a few products where I set dried flowers into the resin and that produces very intricate with gold leaf. So I use that for, um, I do cake stands and coasters with those. Um, it sounds as if you have a long list of housewares that you do, because it's the first time I'm hearing you mention the cake stands. So towards the end of the program, I'd love for you to give us the list in terms of the range of items so we have greater clarity. But how long does it actually take you I, I know it can be challenging if you're a creative person because you need to get to the stage where it's exactly what you have in mind. But on average, how long would it take you to think, yes, for example, I'd like to design a cake stand. What should this cake stand look like? What are the features? Which raw material I use? Help us to understand your design and your creative process as well as an average as to how long it takes between idea and ready to start producing? Well, all of the moulds I buy in, so the shape of the products I've, is already done. It's just what pigments I want to use. Um, so a lot of it I've gone off what people have requested. If there's things that they want me to, they want to see. I haven't already done, then I'll try that. Okay. So it's commission. It's based on what your customers are asking for. Yeah. And then I also do ones that colour schemes that I've got an interest in, which is how it started. I was just making for the styles that I liked. And which, which colour schemes fit into that or which stars you like that fit into that? Um... I've got quite in the resin products, they're very kind of gold and glittery, which I've always liked. Um, and then I've always had an interest in flowers and plants. So mm -hmm. I press a lot of my own, my own flowers and dry them and then set them into the resin. 
and the flowers remain there as part of your design. But these are fully dried botanicals yeah. that I cast in the resin. Anything else that you'd like to share with us as it relates to the actual design and production part of your business? Um, I'm not sure. It's mostly just experimenting with different effects. There's a lot of different pigments out there that produce different styles. So it can be matte pigments or ones with shimmering. I also use uh, alcohol inks, so they produce like a a 3D effect, it all moves inside the resin. So there's just a lot of different styles. So it's still unfolding what creativity you'll be bringing to the market. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Brilliant. So we have quite a lot more to look forward to. So Ella, your business is based in Sheffield. In fact, I met you at one of the markets, the Pollen, which is near to where we have our service apartments. So are your customers drawn from Sheffield only? Although I know you said you have an online shop, but if they're not Sheffield or South Yorkshire mainly, where do you draw your customers from? Um, well, I've done quite a few markets. So I've done Sheffield, Nottingham, Derbyshire. So a lot of my customers are people who I've met through my markets. So those areas are quite, they're where a lot of them come from. Um, online, it's all over the UK. I posted everywhere, like Scotland, yeah. So you cover quite a wide geographic area. And the ones, the people who are not meeting you at markets, do you know how they find you online? Um, I think a lot of them, could have come through my social media, so I have Instagram. Oh, okay. So I've had quite a few who've found me through there and followed me. Um, and on Etsy, I think they've just found me through searching for, for the products they want to buy. So social media is working for you? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'd like to follow up to follow up this in terms of customers, because I noticed on your website, you also speak about supplying wholesalers and not only the end users. So what made you decide to also look at business to business? And was that part of your, of your original plan? Um, when I first started, I never really even thought about doing wholesale. Um, but I wanted to increase the reach of my products. So selling through wholesale seemed like the right direction to go in. Um, so now I've got my product stopped in multiple shops in Sheffield. Um, and I've also sold, had some orders for elsewhere in the UK. Um, and I've had a few orders that have even gone to America. So that was, yeah. Oh, so she's already exporting. <laughs> and are those wholesale orders or the in yeah, wholesale. wholesale? Ah, okay. Well, well done you. And responding to where the need is. So what are some of the lessons you'd say that you've learned during your first year or so of running your business? And how is that serving you now that you're in, you're getting to the second year of being in business and not just having a hobby? Um, 
I think one of the main things I learned was to have a set colour range, to not just be making random bits here and there. Um, so I made my own colour formulas and used precise recipes um, so that I could easily reproduce and standardise all of my items. Um, because each, each item is hand-poured, so the pigments have to be mixed each time. So I need to know exactly how much goes into each item to make like that product weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So customers will get what they expect rather than surprises. Yeah. And what comes out of the mold will also be what you, the artist, plan to have yeah. rather than discovering, oh, this wasn't what I had in mind. Yeah. And, and do you document that recipe or your recipes online or do you need to have hard copies of it as you work through the process of getting your moulds set up and pouring and then removing? Uh, I have them all written down just so I know that there's no inconsistencies between each batch. Yeah. So there's a hard copy that you can see rather than having to go online to find it. That sounds very practical. So you've learned that as one lesson in terms of having your recipe so you can allow for repeatability. But what else have you learned that you would like to share with us from the first year that you're now carrying through or you're growing with or plan to grow with your business? Um, I think reaching out to other businesses to stock my products was a good one, not just waiting for them to find my wholesale site. So to reach out and contact them, that's how I've got a few of my stockists as well. Yeah, so it's recognising the outreach and the direct marketing that is required. So Ella, you've had this journey of moving from a hobby to a business and doing what you're passionate about. So are there any memorable moments that you'd like to share with us in on this podcast or even challenging situations that you would have encountered? Um, I think my most memorable was getting my international orders because um, that was something when I first started I wouldn't have thought would happen at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I was mostly just focused on Sheffield. So to have... Yeah, places in America that wanted to stock my products. It was yeah, very exciting for me. Brilliant. So you're exporting, and I guess that's also another way in which your business will grow, not relying only on you being physically present or having your online shop with the end user buying your items. So at this time of recording the podcast, so this is late July 2023, You've been in business for well over 18 months. So having had the benefit of that experience, and yes, you started during, you started your hobby during lockdown, but you were still starting a business during a time when the country was locked down because of the COVID-19 pandemic. What would you, what do you think you'd have done differently if let's say you were starting your business now in July, 2023? Um, I would have participated in more markets from early on. I didn't do loads, I only did a couple here and there. 
but they've been really good at getting customer feedback directly to me, not just through reviews. I could actually talk to them and find out what they thought of my items and what they wanted to see in future, or different colours they wanted, different products. So that was that would have been really helpful from earlier on, I think. Okay, anything else that you would have done differently? Um, I'm not sure about differently. I think I just would have done things sooner. Uh, reached out okay. to more sales sooner. Because mm -hmm. since I've started doing that this year, it's taken off a lot more. Mm -hmm. Right. So having had the benefit of that experience, you now would have been confident enough to say, yes, if I'm starting July 2023, get to the markets, reach out to the wholesalers. Yeah. Brilliant, Ella. So as we come to the close of this conversation, this podcast, what are some of the plans you have for your business, Luna Living, well, later this year and even beyond? Um, well, as I said, currently all of my products, the, the moulds are all bought in. Um, so at the moment I've been designing some of my own products to get my own moulds made so that my items will be fully unique to me and using my product design degree to design my own my own homeware items which is what I've always wanted to do um so I'm hoping to move into more like larger products so I'm going to be starting doing some small coffee tables soon oh that is impressive that is large yeah <laughs> from accessories and cake stands oh wow yeah. And would that be 2023 or next year, 2024? Well, yeah, later on this year. This year, all right. So you'll be ready for the Christmas market. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else in the plans for the next few months or 2024? Mostly just going bigger, making bigger homeware items, so thinking mirrors and larger products rather than just small items um, and just reaching out to more more wholesalers. I've got a few more <clears throat> that I've been talking to at the moment, so hopefully getting those all up and running would be good. Brilliant. And maybe this is an unfair question and tell me if it is, but I'd love to find out, are you planning to have anyone else helping you in your business, whether it be social media or marketing or supporting you at events? Um, I have friends and family who help with the events. and Ah, so you're already supported with that, in that area? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, family who help with my social media and do this, because there's a lot, of, a lot of jobs to do. There is, yeah. indeed. <laughs> okay, so you already have roped in family members <laughs> and they're helping out at this stage. Yeah. And do you think you'll get to the stage where you may need to employ family members within the business? Um, I would like to, hopefully. So that is part of your plan. Okay. Brilliant. Well, all the best with getting your employees in that you're drawing from your friends and family network. So for people who are listening to this podcast and who are interested in knowing more about where they can find your products and learn about which markets you may be to be at next, 
what would be the best ways of contacting you? Um, either through my Instagram. And what's the handle, please? Luna underscore living underscore. Um, or I've got a contact form on my website. So that's lunaliving.co.uk. Straightforward. Brilliant. Well, it's been such a pleasure, Ella, to have you on the podcast and to hear so much more about Luna Living in terms of what you're making already and what are some of the plans in for later this year and beyond. So thank you ever so much. It's been a real pleasure to have you as a guest on the Sheffield's Hidden Gems podcast. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Sheffield's Hidden Gems podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Excel City Apartments, a brand founded in Sheffield that provides fully furnished self-catering accommodation for business and leisure visitors to the city and the nearby Peak District National Park. We also accommodate families relocating to Sheffield City region. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do listen to other episodes by following our podcast on this platform. Or you can find us on Twitter at XL Property P, that's the letter P. And on LinkedIn, the business page is XL City Apartments. Until the next time, ta-ra.